welcome to the very first episode of the podcast that will be named. <laughs> yeah, I I haven't come up with a name as of recording this introduction, but I will. I will come up with a name and it will be done by the time this podcast is out there in the world. Yeah, in this moment, the podcast is being birthed. And why am I birthing it now when it doesn't have a name? Mostly because just like naming all of my animals, I typically wait for the personality to really show so that it can have a name. It took me, my dog Nala, I don't think I settled on her name for six months She was originally named Lana, and as her personality developed, she just wasn't sassy enough for Lana, and she became Nala, which if you watch Lion King, then you know exactly where that name is from. And Nala is sassy in Lion King, but I don't know. It just sounds like such a sweet name. And then my cat Butters. I named him Buttercup because I thought he was a girl. It turned out they had just already neutered him. So he just had no balls. So I just shortened his name to Butters. And then my cat Munch, she was originally also Lana because I really wanted an animal named Lana. And it just didn't stick. She became Munchkin and then she became Munch. So all of my animals, it took me about six months to come up with a name. I don't think it'll take me that long for this podcast, mostly because by the time I actually upload all these episodes to the public, I'm sure the podcast will have a personality by then. (laughs) So, but I figure it's best if I just go ahead and get started. and. It's interesting deciding to do this, me, myself, and I, because I really was attached to having someone else a part of this experience with me, mostly because I feel like there's something about sharing the responsibility of doing something. And I... I didn't I didn't want to bear the responsibility and I was looking at it as like a burden. But as this era of my life really begins to settle in, I see it a little differently than I have been. And I see opportunity in going ahead and getting started. And should the future hold room and space for someone to join in and and have a conversation with me on a regular basis, then it will. And I'm really excited for that. Until then, I'll do this. I wondered how I should go about this. And I want to give you the most authentic version of who I am. So even though I have like a slew of notes written in front of me about what I want to talk about I have a feeling I'm barely going to follow them because I started recording and like really paying attention to my notes and then it just felt insanely inauthentic. 
to me. I was like, I feel like I'm reading notes. And the reality is, is that I want to talk to you. And my intention for this podcast is to just be honest, be vulnerable, give you notes and messages that I would give to myself or that I am giving to myself because I'm a human being and I am experiencing moments where, like I said at the beginning, I have self-doubt or maybe there's guilt or shame or maybe there's joy and happiness. And throughout it all, I tend to look for understanding in the messages in the world. I'll, I'll look for podcast quotes, anything that has already put into words what I'm experiencing or what I'm feeling or what messages I could hear in this moment that might lift me out of a dark place. And so my intention for this podcast is to be that source for you, whether it's you yesterday, you today, or you tomorrow. I am beginning this episode with a Brene Brown quote, and I love Brene Brown. I'm sure this will not be the only time that I quote her. I just love everything she speaks to. I've consumed so much of her content, whether it is books, interviews, TED Talks, Netflix specials, HBO specials. I I love Brene Brown. I heard her speak to shame, and I highly recommend checking out what she speaks to because what she has studied and learned and what is she is sharing is just incredibly impactful if you're someone who struggles with shame and worth. And so putting a plug in for Brene Brown, because why not? Her quote is, it takes courage to say yes to rest and play in a culture where exhaustion is seen as a status symbol. Mm. Bon appetit. So good. I have spent the second weekend in a row by myself. And I want to say that I feel very content about it. Yet I don't want to lie and say I haven't experienced pockets of loneliness in that contentment and that peace. And those pockets of loneliness are interesting because it's really, it's really not loneliness. Like I'm, I'm not truly craving the attention of someone else or social satisfaction. I'm really experiencing guilt, maybe even shame for not going out and not being social and not giving into societal conditioning and doing what is theoretically expected when you're experiencing a weekend or an evening. I am an introvert and I'm an introvert that has spent many, 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 many months being an extrovert. (laughs) And so I'm tired. I'm tired. I'm exhausted. And even though I am filled with a lot of really amazing memories, I find that now that I have the space and the permission to rest, that that's all I seem to want to do and be able to do. 
I don't want to go into the world and be social. And I don't want to spend my time having any experience with anyone other than myself. (laughs) So it's interesting when those pockets of loneliness or guilt or shame show up in this container because it's really just programming, rearing its ugly head and creating self-doubt or making me question if I'm living life the quote-unquote right way. I think back to moments in this very extroverted, highly goal-driven chapter of life that I have experienced over the last five months. And I often heard notions like rest is for the weak or sleep when you're dead, which are things that I've heard my entire life through kind of that masculine corporate mentality when it comes to goal setting and goal achieving. I even even if I think to where I work now, which I think I work in a great place that does honor and respect rest. I'll see people that I work with who continue to work when they're sick and carry pride in that. And I look at them and I'm like, that's not that's not prideful. I really think you should go rest. <laughs> but there's such a societal expectation and reward given to being in a perpetual state of exhaustion and showing up even when you're sick and and giving, giving, giving your energy to every single thing but yourself. And so when I heard that idea, specifically sleep when you're dead, and that was someone speaking towards me and a group of individuals when it came to achieving a particular goal, I thought to myself, I'll die faster if I don't sleep, which is a fact. (laughs) There's a really fascinating scientific study that I heard and then researched and then clung on to for dear life. And that study was done in Michigan, and it was around daylight savings time. And this Michigan study found a 24% increase in heart attacks after the spring forward when we lose an hour of sleep. And so going into that following workday, more people were more likely to have a heart attack or have a heart condition pop up due to that big shift in their sleep schedule, losing that hour of sleep versus 21% reduction in heart attacks following the fall back where we gain an hour of sleep because the body needs sleep. (laughs) And maybe, no, we're not going to die from the lack of sleep itself, but from the consequences of not resting, of not giving our body and our mind that rejuvenation. There tends to be consequences in our immune health, in our gut, um, in our mentality that can have long-standing consequences on our, what's the word? How long we live. Our society is constantly condition us, conditioning us to be 
in a state of doing. Work 40 to 90 hours per week in order to pay your bills or to progress in your career. Socialize with friends and family after. Be of service in your community. Do very cool things and post them on social media. Rinse and repeat. The world we live in rewards us for being highly productive and very busy. The value is in what I do. And so when I'm not doing anything, what value do I bring to the table? That's the question that comes to mind when when I'm sitting here in these moments of loneliness, guilt, shame for not going out in the world and doing what is acceptably productive. Despite the fact that I've had two overall amazing weekends to myself, I went out in nature every single day with my dog, my lovely, lovely dog, Nala. I have been living in the studio here in LA for nine months, having moved across the country last July and finally got furniture that allowed me to unpack my last boxes and then I did a deep clean of my apartment which doesn't sound restful but actually very much was because now I'm in this very cute little space that isn't filled with things that make it hard for me to feel peace. I meal prepped both Sundays. I danced to songs that give me joy. I binge watched some high and low quality television. I journaled, exercised, connected with my mind, body, and spirit. And in between these two rest-filled weekends, I had a very productive week at work. Actually, one of the best weeks I've had in a while at work where I was given recognition and praise, which by golly, that is my love language. Tell me what you've noticed about me achieving. I'm very achievement driven, which is also why rest is something that feels challenging and and almost a little guilt inducing. But because I rested and actually felt rejuvenated when I went into my work week, I was able to almost effortlessly do a better job at work. And The only thing different was that I rested (laughs) and I spent some quality time with myself and not to say that I can't have a great productive time at work when I'm not resting, but I got to say that it certainly supported me in, in doing that. But the truth is, is that this is a chapter. I'm almost savoring the ability to be still and enjoy these times where I can spend in solitude and doing what gives me peace and resting because life ebbs and flows and it's only a matter of time before I find myself with a full schedule again, craving rest and rejuvenation with a little bit of solitude. And so I I gave it to myself despite the mental chatter that might pop up or the invitation to go do things. I even signed up to go support a friend, which I do feel 
a little guilty about not doing. I, I canceled on going because I just was like, I just, I'm not up for it. Energetically, I'm not up for it. And I'm going to listen to that intuitive thought. I'm going to give myself this night because again, I'm savoring this sort of ebb and flow and embracing it. And so for you, the person listening to this little stream of consciousness, you are allowed to rest. You are allowed to turn your brain and your body off. You are allowed to do what brings you pleasure without feeling shame or guilt or like you should be doing something better. You're allowed to take breaks from the never-ending checklist and to-dos. You're allowed to simply be with yourself and your own thoughts. You're allowed to do what is necessary for your soul. Ending today's episode with a quote that deeply resonated with me as well, not by Brene Brown, but by someone I have no idea who this person is, but I love the quote, and it's, rest is not the absence of activity, but the presence of peace. And I heard that and immediately felt softer, accepting, and worthy of the rest that I have given myself. And I hope you have too. That's the end of the episode. I actually enjoyed myself, though I have found myself stepping into perfectionist mode and I have recorded this outro several times. So I'm surrendering. I'm letting go. I'm accepting that this is the product and I'm excited to give it to you. So that being said, I invite feedback of any kind, positive, constructive, anywhere in between, and look forward to continuing to share my thoughts and the messages that I could use for myself with you. So I'll talk to you later. And that's where I get awkward. So I'm just going to accept it. That's the end. Okay. Talk soon.